Welcome, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Faith Bible Fellowship Church. My name is Ricardo. I'm one of the associate pastor here. We just want to welcome you guys to our Christmas Eve service. We're so glad that you guys were able to join us this evening. We're going to just get started here. We're going to read some scripture, have some songs, and just Pastor Horst will share a little word with us in this. We hope that you enjoy this time, be a time of edification, a time of growth, as we just think about Jesus coming into this world and the reason for that. So if you may stand as we read the call to worship, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Join us as we sing. Sacrifice our only plea. 
judgment we no longer fear. Thy precious blood has brought us near. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has banished every Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary he came to her and said greetings O favored one the Lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. 
And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she proclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant, Israel, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. The next, for this next song, you can sing with us or you can listen. Uh, if you don't know the words, that's okay. And uh, we hope and pray it ministers to you. their sheep slowly David city drifted off to sleep but to this little town of no great renown the Lord had a promise to keep had foretold it, a mighty king would come, long-awaited ruler, God's anointed one. But the sovereign of all looked helpless and small, as God gave the world his own son. And who would have dreamed forever foreseen? We could hold God in our hands. The giver of life is born in light, revealing God's glorious plan to save the world. Wondrous gift of heaven, the Father. Sends the sun, planned from time eternal, moved by holy love. He will carry our curse and death, he'll reverse, so we can be daughters and sons. Who would have dreamed? 
seconds if anybody wants to follow. I'll be reading from the ESV starting verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria and, and all went to be registered each to his own town and Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Please stand. Oh, 
there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be with you all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel of multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that, has, that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known and saying that it has been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But many treasured up, but Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that he had heard and seen. And it is, and as it had been told to them. Good evening, church family, and a Merry Christmas to you all. It is wonderful to see so many of you here this evening as we take a moment to pause, reflect, and celebrate on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because as a father of three, I know how crazy this time of the year can be for everyone. With all the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, the shopping, the spending, the wrapping, and the presents. Oh, if there is anything that will cause me to go crazy this time of the year, it is the presents. In fact, I heard a joke recently about three children who decided to have a competition one Christmas about who could buy their elderly mother the best Christmas present. So taking things very seriously, the oldest son, he bought his mother a mansion. The youngest son, he bought his mother a sports car. But the daughter, 
She remembered how much her mother loved reading the Bible. However, being that she was no longer able to see well anymore, the daughter decided to buy her a parrot that could recite her the entire Bible. It took the elders of the church 12 years to teach this bird the entire Old and New Testaments. But all her mother had to do was name the chapter and verse, and the parrot would recite the scripture verbatim. Now, soon after receiving the presents, the mother sent out letters to her three children. To her oldest son, she wrote, The house you bought me is way too big. I only live in one room, but now I have to clean the entire thing. To her youngest son, she wrote, I am, or to her youngest son, she wrote, I am too old to travel. I don't like to drive fast, thus I never use the sports car. But to her daughter, she wrote, Sweetheart, you know your mother best. Thank you so much. That chicken, it tasted delicious. <laughs> now, as distracting as presents can be, church, tonight is not about the presents under the tree or the gifts in the stockings. Tonight is not about the iPad or the TV that you are hoping to get or about the smartphone or the new pair of shoes that you genuinely desire to open tomorrow morning. Tonight, church, tonight is about Christ. Tonight is about God himself, the one who existed eternally and yet who entered into our world, into our particular space at a particular time by taking on human flesh and dwelling amongst us so that we as sinners could be saved from our sin and receive the greatest gift the world has ever received, the gift of salvation, for that is what this evening is about. Now, I hope you have noticed, church, that this evening we have been reading through Luke's account of the Christmas story, or Luke's account of the birth of Jesus Christ. However, following the birth of Jesus Christ, Luke gives his readers a glimpse of Jesus as an infant. And we know this because at approximately one month of age, Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents, they bring Jesus, as it states in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord that every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord meaning that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem in order to have him consecrated, dedicated to the Lord. Now, why exactly did Mary and Joseph do this? Well, as theologian David Powell put it, Israel's firstborn sons were to be consecrated to the Lord because the Lord spared the lives of Israel's firstborn sons during the Passover event. And this comes from Exodus 13. However, while presenting Jesus to the Lord, Mary and Joseph, they meet someone there. A man by the name of Simeon. Which takes us to our only point of the homily this evening, which is this. That Jesus Christ is the only one who can offer the world the gift of salvation. That Jesus Christ is the only one who can offer the world the gift of salvation. Now, we will be briefly looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35 this evening. However, the main thrust of the homily tonight will come simply from one verse, that being Luke chapter 2, verse 30, where Simeon says, For my eyes have seen your salvation. 
for my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, who exactly is this man named Simeon? Well, the text states in verse 25 and 26 that Simeon was a righteous and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Simeon, presumably an elderly man, had it revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the consolation of Israel. That he would not die until he had seen the Christ, the Messiah, the one who would ultimately deliver and save God's people. Thus, can you imagine what Simeon must have been like once he received this news? Like the daily yearning and longing and eagerness he must have had to finally see the Messiah. I mean, he was probably like a lot of the young children here this evening who have been excitedly yearning for Christmas Day to finally arrive. When finally, one day, it says in verse 27, that Simeon came in the Spirit into the temple. Meaning that by the direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Simeon went into the temple. And it just so happened that this was also the same day in which Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple as well to dedicate him to the Lord. Now church, please be sure of this, that nothing is ever left to chance with our God. Because just as God is providential over the specks of dust that float through the air, so too was God providential in orchestrating this meeting between Simeon and Jesus in the temple. And thus Simeon, who was guided by the Holy Spirit, he sees Jesus in the temple and he knows that this child is the Messiah. And it says in verse 28 that he then takes the child up in his arms. Oh, can you imagine the excitement and the joy and the elation and the emotion and the frenzy that filled Simeon's heart the moment that he finally saw the Lord's Christ, the one who the Spirit said he would see before he died, the one who the the Spirit guided him to on that particular day, at that particular time, at that particular place. The one who the Spirit clearly made known to him was the consolation of Israel, for that is who rested in Simeon's arms, the Savior, the Christ, and the Lord. And all Simeon could do in that moment was bless God and say, verse 29, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And this, as the Puritan William Gurnall put it, was the swan song of old Simeon. For he speaks like a merchant who has all his goods on board the ship and now desires for the master to hoist up the sail and be gone toward home. Indeed, why should the Christian who is but a foreigner here desire to stay any longer in the world when he can now land in heaven? And why can he now depart in peace? Because, verse 30, his eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon's eyes have now seen God's salvation, and it is Jesus Christ. 
not some political leader or reformer or revolutionary, not some wartime hero who would save Israel from their earthly opponents or their earthly rivals or their earthly earthly persecutors, but instead it is someone who would be, verse 32, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. For that is who Simeon held in his arms, church, the one born to save Jew and Gentile from their sin. And thus, in seeing Jesus Christ, Simeon sees the only one who can give the world the gift of salvation. However, this gift of salvation, church, it is not a free gift. For salvation, it comes at a cost, a hearty, weighty, and massive cost. And thus, as Simeon blesses the parents of Jesus, he then says to Mary, and I can't imagine how hard these words must have been for Simeon to speak, but he says to Mary in verse 34 and 35, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Which thus foreshadows here, church, That our salvation, it comes not through our own good works. Our salvation, it comes not through us going to church twice a year, once at Christmas and once at Easter. That our salvation comes not through our parents' faith or the belief of our family, but that our salvation comes only through the cross of Jesus Christ. And what I mean by that is, yes, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, he is truly God. And yes, he humbled himself to the point of being born of the virgin. Virgin Mary and placed in a lowly manger as truly man. However, our salvation was not accomplished simply because Jesus Christ came into the world, lived a sinless life, and kept the law for us. But in order for our salvation to be accomplished, the one who was without sin, Jesus Christ, he also had to die in the place of those who were dead in their sin. And that means, Christian, you and I. And thus, when Simeon said to Mary that a sword would pierce through her own soul? Oh, church, it did. As Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood under the cross, the cross in which her son was nailed to, and watched brokenhearted as Jesus Christ was crucified on that cross, died on that cross, and gave himself up for us to redeem us on that cross. For that is the work of our Savior, church, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is King, he is God, and he is sacrifice. However, being that Jesus Christ is truly God and truly sinless, sin and death, They had no claim over him. They had no power over him. And thus, three days later, Jesus Christ, church, he rose from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death and securing salvation for all who place their faith in him. And that, Christian, that is what Christmas is all about, that God himself came into this very world and was born amongst humanity, not so we could get presents, not so we could put up a Christmas tree, not so we could get a week off before the new year, but so that we could be saved from our sin. And that church truly is the greatest, most life-changing gift that the world has ever seen. 
and the life-changing power of that gift, it is illustrated so well by author James Nichols in a story he shared about Charles Wesley, who regularly took the good news of Jesus Christ to the outcast of society. And on one occasion in 1738, he was preaching at Newgate, the infamous London prison, which was a cruel place where men, especially slaves, were condemned for the most minor of offenses. And hangings were regularly conducted for the townspeople to view like sporting events. Wesley, however, took a special interest in a poor African slave condemned to hang for stealing from his master. However, the hopeless man listened in astonishment as Wesley told him about Jesus Christ, who had come down from heaven to die an agonizing death for him. And as he listened with eager astonishment, tears began streaming down the man's face, and he cried out, Was that for me? Did God really suffer all of this for so poor a creature as me? And the man soon found salvation in Christ, as did several other prisoners. Now the next week on the day of their execution, Wesley prayed and sang hymns with the men as they were loaded into the cart, their hands tied behind their backs. Wesley wrote in his journal that the men were cheerful, full of comfort, a people of triumph, assuredly persuaded that Christ had died for them and that was awaiting them and wanted to receive them that day in paradise. Brother Christian, Sister Christian, let me remind you this Christmas Eve that it does not matter whether you are a Jew living in the first century, a slave who stole from their master in the 18th century, or an American living now in the 21st century. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For no man is righteous, no, not one, no one seeks after God, and no one understands. And because of that, the wage of our sin, the cost of our sin, it is death. For sin reigns in death, and it leads to the way of eternal punishment. For that is who we are outside of Jesus Christ. However, Christian, you have a God who loves you who came into this world, took on human flesh, and dwelt amongst you. And through his accomplishment on the cross at Calvary, Christian, he forgave you, he redeemed you, and he saved you. Thus, even if you are here this evening, Christian, feeling the weight of 2020, feeling the fear of the pandemic, feeling the stress of having been laid off of work, then listen carefully to me this evening. Because no matter what you are going through, tonight, tomorrow, or throughout the rest of your days, you, Christian, you have already been given the gift of grace, the gift of salvation, and the gift of Jesus Christ. For you have already been delivered from the wrath that you deserve and have been adopted into the family of God through eternity. For you have been saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in the Son, Jesus Christ alone, oh, to God be the glory alone. Thus, let your hearts be filled with joy this evening, Christian. Kiss the sun this evening. Sing joy to the world this evening. And all hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace this evening. Because through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you, like Simeon, you have seen salvation. Thus, to God be the glory forever and ever, church, for sending his only Son into the world so that we might live eternally through him. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, no words can express the gratitude that we have this evening that you sent Jesus Christ, your Son, into this world to be born amongst humanity, to live the life that we could not live, a life that was sinless and perfect and righteous and without any sin, and who fulfilled the law for us. However, Christ, he not only fulfilled the law for us, he was also the propitiation for our sin, the wrath-appeasing sacrifice for our sin. As he willingly went to the cross, bore the wrath that we deserve for our sin, and died as our substitute. And it appeased the wrath of God the Father. And three days later, Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. And because he did it, so too can we. Not these perishable bodies, but we will be raised in new imperishable bodies. By grace, through faith, in the Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, that we cling to this message tonight, this Christmas Eve, 2020, and forevermore. Lord, stir our hearts this evening, we pray, to love you like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, we are going to begin the candlelight portion of our service and sing Silent Night together. In a moment, two ushers will come forward and they are going to light their candles and proceed down the aisle and light your candles. Now, in order to try to be as safe as possible, the ushers will keep their candles straight And the party with the unlit candle will be asked to tilt their candle. And please continue to follow this process as you pass the light throughout the rest of your row. So, if your candle is lit, do not tilt it. Don't even think about it. Once all the candles are lit, we will turn the lights off, stand, and sing Silent Night together. Once Silent Night is complete, you can blow your candles out. Ricardo will come up and pray, and we will close this wonderful evening with joy to the world. So at this time, I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward as we worship Jesus Christ, our salvation and the light of the world.
stand.
humble ourselves before your throne and thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for sending your son to live the life that we couldn't live, to pick up the cross that we couldn't pick up, to die the death that we couldn't, Father. And it's through your son, it's through your grace, it's through your mercy that we're able to come and gather and sing songs of praise and lift our voices to you, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the gift of eternal life that you've given to us through your son. May we be reminded of your son's sacrifice as we go through the rest of our night, as we wake up tomorrow, as we choose to celebrate and, and thank one another and give gifts to one another. May we remember that we've already been given the greatest gift we all. That is your son. And that is eternal life through him, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. And we ask that you continue to bless us. Bless this church and bless every individual here, Lord. We pray all this in your son's mighty and powerful name. And as people said, Amen. Amen. Sing joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the the world. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. 
this evening comes from John chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him Merry Christmas church go in peace